Hello, you're listening to Earth Matters, produced in the studios of 3CR Radio Fitzroy, Victoria, on the lands of the Wurundjeri and broadcast nationally on the Community Radio Network. I'm Kerry Lee. Welcome to Earth Matters. We bring you environment and social justice stories. Hello and welcome to Earth Matters. This week on the program you'll hear the latest Victorian Government promises for conservation projects across Victoria, announced by the recently elected Victorian State Government, and you'll hear how some of the State Government budget is to be spent investing in our national parks. And it's welcome news for our guest today and the organisation he represents. Our guest on Earth Matters is Matt Rochelle from the Victorian National Parks Association. Matt Rookall, I'm the Executive Director of the Victorian National Parks Association. So the Andrews Government, um, there's two parts to it. One is that they didn't really release a comprehensive nature conservation policy at the state election. Um, They did, however, uh, release a number of narrowly uh, focused uh, policies, Firstly, around parks, uh, particularly investment in new camping areas and a number of regional uh, sort of tourism developments. Um, And they also announced a package of uh, new regional or suburban parks um, in the north and west and other parts of the metropolitan area, which were also important. Um, But overall, there was a, a, a bit of a lack of a comprehensive approach to the natural environment. Some very good things on climate. Um, but we're still missing uh, any decent forest uh, policy um, or a suite of things to deal with threatened species, uh, even sort of land care-related stuff was not clear in the election commitments. What else would you like to see more of in their election commitments? Well, I think obviously forests were the place that was missing. Um, You know, creation of a great forest national park, better protection for forests in East Gippsland, um, all those things, uh, they were major focuses for conservation groups um, and there was very little released in the way of policy or nothing really in terms of policy in those areas. Um, We also worry with infrastructure in parks, uh, so reducing uh, camping fees, um, improving campgrounds um, is all welcome, but there is a concern that frontline park managers um, still need more capacity uh, to deal with the many pressure placed on parks. So that includes things like pest plants and animals and also climate change, uh, but also population um, is a bit of a problem. Um, So while the infrastructure is good, we need the people uh, on the ground as well. And parks are, while the funding's improved a bit uh, since the dramatic cuts under the previous coalition government, um, they're still not uh, ahead of where they were in 2014 in terms of core uh, capacity. I know that your group came out uh, just before the election. You had a media release come out saying that both major parties are missing in action when it comes to nature and conservation policy, according to Victoria's five leading environmental groups. And I know that you've come together um, in November to launch a joint agenda to protect our natural environment. Can you tell us about this? Yeah, so I think um, people, they were, while there were some sort of significant announcement around climate, um, we think that 
uh, nature conservation or managing our natural heritage is a core role for state government um, and all political parties should have uh, a comprehensive conservation policy. Um, so that's everything from dealing with rivers and marine and coasts and threatened species, which we've got large numbers of, um, you know, funding for those on-ground projects through land care and so on. Um, and we know from our polling uh, of Victorians that, you know, around 45% of people uh, thought they would be more likely to vote for a party with a comprehensive conservation policy. And we know that there's also very widespread support for national parks, including marine national parks, with more than 70% of people supporting a sort of comprehensive parks network, and 80% if you talk about marine environment. So the agenda from the environment groups was to really highlight some of the things that we saw as priorities in that space. So that included um, better funding for private land conservation uh, through things like Trust for Nature, um, uh, investigations into creating more marine parks, uh, better riverside um, or continuation of a, a very useful program on uh, riverside uh, restoration um, and a range of other things. Are you happy with the government's outcomes after the election? Well, I suppose it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, we would have loved to have seen more comprehensive nature policy and more particularly on forests. Um, we had you know, a major investigative piece from the ABC showing uh, in the last week of the election campaign that uh, thousands of hectares of state forests appear to have been illegally logged or earmarked for logging um, by the state-owned logging agency. Um, and people have been keen for some years now to create a great forest national park and protect um, things like the state faunal end and the lead beater's possum. Um, but like, except for the Greens, uh, all the major parties were largely silent on forestry issues. Um, so having said that, there was some narrowly focused and welcome announcements uh, around suburban parks and uh, funding for infrastructure and fee reductions for national parks. Um, one new marine national, uh, not marine, but a coastal park linking uh, existing reserves between San Remo and Inverloch uh, was proposed and that could be important uh, or will be important and we hope that it's also protected under the National Parks Act in some way. And that is important that a new coastal park will be set up along the Bass Coast. I'm wondering, um, how much has the uh, government, if at all, consulted with your organisation on any of these issues? Well, we've put forward a range of policy proposals and the, the joint group's a, a release of those uh, was a sort of a priority list of those. Um, we meet with all sides of politics from time to time and put forward those plans um, and ideas. Um, one big policy area there where there is a bit of a backward step was early in the campaign uh, was an announcement uh, for a new <coughs> coastal authority to take over management of the 12 apostles um, as, a, as a, the, the, the national parks in that area and, and, and then lease them back to the parks authority. So we're a bit concerned about that proposal. Um, there are also some irregularities around how the consultation happened uh, around that proposal. So uh, we try to 
um, put forward positive ideas about how to better uh, manage nature. Uh, not always listened to, but we keep trying. What can we do better here in Victoria with our environment issues that we're facing? Well, I think there's probably two big holes. One, well, a few big holes. One's the forest space. Um, you know, Victoria's uh, levels of native forest logging are really doing significant long-term damage to our uh, native forests, um, particularly around the central highlands, but we've also got very high conservation commitments, uh, conservation values in East Gippsland. Um, the other area is parks creation. So while we have a, a, a good uh, parks estate um, uh covering some areas, there's still some significant gaps uh, if we want to meet international benchmarks. Um, and the Andrews government, um, well, in fact, the two previous governments, the Bayou, Natsine and Andrews governments, had very poor records, in fact, the worst in the last 50 years, uh, in creating new national parks and, and additions to the reserve system. Um, so we need to improve that, uh, both on land and in the marine space, we've only got about 5% of uh, state waters protected in marine national parks. Um, so there's a couple of places. The other place is um, sort of broader funding and environmental management programs, so core funding for parks, so getting them up to be a leader um, in having capacity to better manage our prime natural areas, but also things like pest, plant and animal control. And deer's a particular one um, that is a is a a big issue. So we expect that there's more than a million sandbar deer now in Victoria. Um, they're doing a lot of damage uh, to the natural environment, but they're also damaging farms. Um, we're finding increasingly from suburban areas they're moving right into urban areas and creating car accidents and uh, you know damaging people's property. So there needs to be a sort of statewide intensive. Um, a program that's well funded with professional shooters um, and a whole raft of other mechanisms to get the deer problem under control. You're listening to Earth Matters and broadcast on the Community Radio Network with me, Kerry Lee Harding. And you're listening to our guest today on the program, Matt Rochelle, the Executive Officer of the Victoria National Parks Association. And we're talking about the latest funding announcements from the Victorian State Government. I know you're doing your bits and your group is, and uh, I know you're always calling for more support for nature conservation volunteers, which uh, you came out in early November alongside Landcare Victoria and the uh, Victorian Environment Friends Network. How important is it to have conservation volunteers on the ground, on the front line across our regions? Well, conservation volunteers do a, a, a great deal of uh, very important work um, you know, helping land managers um, uh, uh, do what needs to be done, but they also are an important sort of conduit to the community. So the more people who engage in nature, it's good both socially and for people's mental health and physical health, but also it means that people care and understand their local um, uh, natural areas, um, and people put in a lot of work. So... Last year, 1617 volunteers contributed over 200,000 hours of time to programs and activities um, in parks and reserves alone, and a lot more um, is done uh, by things like land care uh, on private land. 
uh, so tree planting, weeding, citizen science and a whole range of other activities uh, are really critical. Um, one, engaging the community, but also getting on top of the many threats that our natural areas face. And I'm wondering now, uh, I guess with these new announcements from the government, uh, will you be working with the government to implement any of these uh, new strategies uh, that have been outlined in the recent uh, election uh, outcomes? Yes, yeah, so I will be ho- hoping to ensure that they are um, uh, released. Uh, well, not released, but implemented. So what's promised is implemented. But we also hope that um, there's a bit of a broader look at um, uh, some of those other areas that didn't have specific election commitments but are given a boost as part of sort of good governance. Um, next year's budget will, of course, be important in terms of ensuring that we've got the right levels of funding, um, you know, our natural areas are in many ways um, our most important piece of infrastructure. Um, so we need to ensure that they get the resources they need. And in the scheme of things, they're not. It's not huge resources. It's currently the parks. Uh, the state receives about less than 0.4 percent of total state funding. Um, so it doesn't really compare with hospitals or schools who get you know, 25 and 15%, 20% plus. Um, but a increase um, goes a long way and can make a big difference uh, to the future health of our unique natural places. And some of the key features on the package, which we've already spoken about, is the investment of $105.6 million to create new and upgrading and more camping grounds. So this means there'll be 30 existing campgrounds, they'll be upgraded, and 30 will be built from scratch, including new walking tracks. Do we know when these new campgrounds uh, will be uh, set up? Or do we know where they'll be placed? Um, there's not a lot of detail in terms of where they'll be placed, but there's some specifics. So a proportion of it was talked about at the Ganelg River campground so and uh, walking tracks around the Princess Margaret Rose Cave down in the southwest of Victoria, upgrades to the Fraser campground up Lake Yildon um, and some upgrades to the Greater Bendigo National Park. Um, but there's not a lot of detail on where the 30 new sites will go, um, but there's plenty of campgrounds uh, that are in need of uh, rehabilitation and restoration um, to ensure that they're fit for purpose and use, um, so I'm sure there'll be a sort of detailed, hopefully there'll be a detailed planning process uh, for that as well. And, of course, one of the other positives that we've mentioned as well today is the removing of camping fees at 500 basic sites across 70 campgrounds, across 19 parks, and apparently halving or remaining camping fees in state and national parks. Do you think this is, will have a detrimental impact if we're not having this money put into um, our environment? Will this have a detrimental impact in any way by uh, removing these camping fees, do you think? No, I think the opposite, actually. The, the, the evidence is that we've seen over many years is that the, the camping fees don't really generate uh, a lot of revenue um, uh, for Parks Victoria and they're costly uh, to collect the fees and they act as a bit of a barrier um, to many people, particularly sort of grey nomads and, uh, you know, families that are... Uh, you know, wanting to take their kids camping, that the camping fees can act as a barrier to people enjoying the great outdoors. Um, it, 
it's less of an issue for very popular and uh, built-up sites like the Prom National Park or even the Grampians, but um, certainly for the more remote and uh, basic camp facilities, the fees do act as a bit of a um, bit of a barrier for those people to use that. So I don't think it'll reduce the revenue for parks, um, though they always need more revenue, um, but they will increase the usage. And I'm wondering what else is on the agenda for the uh, remainder of the year for the Victorian National Parks Association heading into 2019. Is there any campaigns that you wish to uh, tell us about while we've got you on the line, Matt? Well, the key thing probably at the moment is um, there's a process going on which has sort of uh, been running a bit behind the election, I suppose, is um, a Victorian Environmental Assessment Council investigation into central western uh, forests um, and that's places like the Wombat Forest, the Wellsford up near Bendigo, um, the Pyrenees Ranges out near Avoca, uh, Mount Cole um, and VAC's got a draft report out um, with draft proposals and includes some significant additions to the National Parks Estate. Um, there's still time for people to put in a submission. Um, if you go to our website there's details there of how to do that. Um, submissions close in sort of early December uh, so we've still got a week or so um, to get in submissions and support um, some new national parks in central, Victor- central western Victoria. Paradise, put up a parking lot. 
And that was Our Earth, Our Land, a Wrapping for Healthy Environment song done by the youth at the Riverina Local Land Services. Before that, on your radio, we heard Big Yellow Taxi from Joni Mitchell. You're listening to Earth Matters. <laughs> You've been listening to Earth Matters, broadcast on the Community Radio Network with me, Kerry Lee Harding. And today on the program, you've been listening to our guest, Matt Rochelle, the Executive Officer of the Victoria National Parks Association. And we've been talking about the latest funding announcements for upcoming projects funded by the Victorian State Government. If you want more information on what you've heard today, you can go to their website, www.vnpa.org.au. Earth Matters is produced in the studios of 3CR in Fitzroy, Victoria, on the lands of the Wurundjeri, and is broadcast nationally across the country on community radio stations, thanks to the Community Radio Network. Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Federation for their very generous financial support. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can email earthmatters3cr at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page, Earth Matters 3CR Radio. You can also follow us on Twitter at EarthMRadio. If you'd like to listen or share this or previous editions of the show, you can find all our podcasts at 3cr.org.au forward slash earthmatters. Well, that's all for today. I do hope you've enjoyed listening to the program. Thanks for your company this week. And the Earth Matters team will be back again next week with more Deadly Green social justice news from all over this awesome planet. I'm Kerry Lee Harding. I'll see you next time. was planted right. our soil our earth our land our mother nature's <laughs> hand there's a difference in the way we burn right. if it's cool our soil can turn hey. hot burn off does some harm we gotta learn the best way to farm oh. take for granted our meat and fish it takes a lot of work to fill our dish started wild in our backyard Obey the laws cause it ain't that hard. Gotta land, it's a land down under.